Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in, over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, we've got a couple of, we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yep. Uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete, um, gym owner, and all around nice guy. Um, yeah, and there's there's so much good information and good content there that, and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing. So yeah, this is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. Um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, um, yeah another Tuesday tune in, and and this week, you know, we as always we'll, we'll try and change it up a bit. And I know we've talked about this, I mm. think, quite a few times over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Another point, Dave. I can't. I haven't got my spectacles on. I can't you see can't it. read. Oh my god! I'm gonna have to literally translate for Dave. But um, I can look on my. They're all telling you you should leave, Dave. What's going on? I, 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 no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, Mark Heath, first live in ages. Great stuff, mate. Great to see you here. But yeah, when we were, you know, looking at uh, a subject for this week, uh, last week was was Earth Day on Friday, twenty second. Yeah. And naturally, it kind of gave us a, a kind of an opportunity, really, to kind of look at. Okay, um, you know, we're running trips again. You know, we've got physically a big impact in the countries we're operating, and you know, uh, which is which is amazing. But obviously, that that comes with a cost in some way. Um, you know, and especially when you when you do think about it, and you know, it does mean a lot to us because, you know, in the short time we've been going to places like the pool, you know, we notice the difference in terms of uh, you know, and other countries in terms of how much the environment can change, even over the space yeah, of five, it's, six years. It's, in, it's insane. Yeah. Um, I was trekking in October 2019 with a guide, yeah. uh, Nima, mm. uh, one of the old guard, and he's been guiding, um, you know, he was uh, actually part of the 96. Uh, awesome. well, he, well, he wasn't part of that expedition, but he was there during that time, you know, the great, the, the great into thin air um, storm. Um, and he was telling me that um, back behind us, yeah, when he started training in the and guiding and portraying yeah. in the mountains, that the glacier, the Kumbu, yeah. was sort of white like it is at base camp all the way down to Gorekshire. Mad. And yeah, he yeah. said, so from 96 till now, at least, you can see that shrinkage. And you know, part of the reason why the glacier looks like the surface yeah, of the moon yeah. is due to that climate change. It's the shrinking of the ice and then, and not being replenished. So yeah. <laughs> just really what Joel's saying. Have you heard the news? Free range eggs are available again. Oh, I mean, they've let the eggs out now, have they? Um, that's good. That's good to know. Actually, I I, I did hear that in the news. Um, but nice one, Joel. Good Sorry, point. Have I been living under a rock? Sorry, mate. Yeah, they did go to. They weren't allowed to call them free range anymore. Well, they're not for reasons, you know, because yeah, yeah, they weren't actually. I like, did see a sign that said our hens are partially kept in 
stores okay. recently. I don't think everyone. Join us that, next week for a Tuesday <laughs> tune in on uh, on eggs on on eggs and chickens. <laughs> that would be funny. But no, Dave, you're right. Yeah, talk, going back to what you said about Nima there, who was there in '96, and then you know, the short space of time that we've been going there. Yeah, there does there has been impact. You know, um, you know, it's it's far lower down, and I know that. You know, we all have seen numerous, you know, um, you know David Attenborough documentaries. You know, Richard Attenborough. No, it's David. David. It yeah, is. Yeah, I, I knew, I knew I'd get you. <laughs> Only because I'm a fan of yeah, the other one. Exactly. I knew you I'd get you. Every time someone says David Attenborough, I always go, Richard Attenborough. They go, oh, yeah, sorry. And then they get <laughs> Typically, Dave, thanks, mate. Yeah, but no, like numerous documentaries yeah. about, you know, the, the climate change and things that are happening. But anyway, with with us, you know, we do operate in, in very fragile environments when we go trekking um you know and it has made us think about you know our impact both in the uk and on trips so you know we, we do like to think that we've tried to to minimize that in some ways i mean you know if you've been with us for any length of time you know that we introduced the the water filters which is more about the plastic consumption um in nepal uh, we're trying to roll them out on all of our trips because you know even i mean we were chatting just before this like you know we were talking about i mean you know just to be completely honest when we're over in Tupcal, um, you know, we the water filters aren't aren't actually um, out there at the moment. We, we're looking no. to to train and get everything out well, there. I think COVID has certainly slowed that down. It's the yeah, we went over there, and part of when we yeah. go over, that you know, the, we've said it before, perhaps yeah. not for a while, that one of the reasons why when we say we're launching a trip that it takes a little bit of time is because there are a lot of little components that we want to get yeah. in. So, so it's an Evertrek trip. Yeah. We could just launch a trip right off the bat and just you know use bottled water or use whatever yeah but one of the things that we did notice in morocco is particularly on the tube culture is the you know finding like a natural water source that we can get access to that yeah. we can use um it is tricky over there so it is actually a really big focus for the moment for us isn't it to try and yeah find ways to get the filters over there to get to minimize those plastics it's, it's on all trips yeah like not just you know we, we know we, we've had a huge impact in nepal which is amazing uh, yeah. you know that is our largest um um you know number of trips that are run are in the pool but um you know the others are catching up and yeah we want to make sure that their kind of impact in those countries you know morocco tanzania you know in south america are covered as well um and yeah we were out there and you know okay we used our filter bottles you know the the evertrek water to go ones um you know if you've for instance heard of uh, dave shanks um who's ceo of uh, water to go uh, yeah. he joined us on our mountain malarkey podcast last year very interesting guy very cool story as well about why he did it but yeah using those is great but i know that everyone hasn't got those and um, you know we're able to use them on the trip on the trek uh you know because you, you know every now and again you do get some water you can you can fill up but if you didn't have that you'd have to buy bottled water yeah and you know some and some people did buy bottled water because you need the water at the end of the day you know if you don't have it you know it's going to cause you issues at altitude so this is that balance right between okay don't want to hurt the environment but i've got to manage my health yeah right? well which is which is a, a difficult one well talking about dave shanks i mean it's a great podcast it's actually the yeah. you know the mate malaki podcast go back and have a listen if you haven't he even talks about and so um hugh james as well one of the guys we yeah had on, he's a great guy yeah both environmentalists that have a passionate um yeah. a passion for the outdoors and they've always said that it's not about perfection you can't you yeah, know yeah. snap that's, your that's yeah, you yeah. can't snap your fingers and immediately eliminate your usages of all sort of non-recyclables yeah. and things like that or, but you can strive to do it wherever possible yeah and Dave Shanks one of the things I love about him is obviously his business water to go he's put a lot of science and effort into the design of the filters yeah but he even said I don't care if you use my bottle 
or someone else's as long as yeah. you're using one and it, that it's a great way to be isn't it like that passion mm. breaks through his own marketing like yeah, <laughs> yeah you know and one of the things that i've noticed recently as well uh camelback have been talking about it a lot is that you can get one of the water purification filters that actually connect to the water bladder tube. See, they are awesome. Yeah. I, I'd like to test some of those. I'd like to test one because knowing what water filters are like, generally you have to yeah. suck quite hard to get the water through. Yeah. So at altitude through that tube, it might be a bit of a bit difficult, but I'm guessing, I haven't tried it. Um, but I'm generally thinking I might get one because- um, Has anyone used those, by the way? Any ever trackers use those on trips? I'd be interested to know because they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're pretty new. Them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Camelback have brought them out where the filter actually connects, I believe it, uh, it connects the tube together. Nice. So the water comes from I'd the bladder. I'd love to use that. That'd be brilliant, yeah, wouldn't it? Out the yeah, bladder, yeah. in the tube, through the water, hey, and into your mouth. <laughs> and I think apparently it makes it, you know, it's, it just means that wherever you're filling the bladder up, wherever you're filling the water yeah. up, it's going through that filter. So you can drink from anywhere. And that's that's what we got to work towards, I think. And yeah, you are right. You know, none of us are perfect, but we can, we can aim to do that. At least minimise as much as we can the disruption that's being, being caused in a way. Um, you know, but... This is why we, we, we also, a, a kind of initiative that we, we started probably about two years ago was looking at some new newer, less uh, frequented routes. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll use Machu Picchu as an example because, you know, it's it's one that's quite current because we got our, our, some ever trekkers on there at the moment trekking to Machu Picchu. Yeah. I think they reached Machu Picchu yesterday, actually, and it was great. Uh, I think Heather was sharing some of her pictures, which were amazing, um, especially of the Tomakea route, which is a rarely, rarely visited route. Um, that, you know, there's, there's lots of things that go into a decision in terms of where we go, but part of it was this, you know, a big part of it was where can we go that's more remote, that's different to going where the crowds go, Yeah. you know, because especially somewhere like Machu Picchu, which is like very popular, you know, how can you make it into one of those trips that are actually a bit more remote, you know, and, and, and okay, you're limited sometimes by your geography because, you know, um, you know, the world is discovered now, isn't it? There's lots of places that aren't remote because people live there. But actually in these places, like especially in South America, um, you know, in certain parts of the world, you can get remote quite quickly. Yeah, very. You know, quickly. I, I suppose we can even do it in Wales, well, but it, like this this route, though, is like is great. Well, one of the great things that it, that it does and finding mm. these new routes does is yeah. that particularly with, you know, the Inca Trail, it's very congested. There's a lot of human traffic through that area. So naturally, where you the, the more humans you put in a single area, the more effect that will have on the environment by finding these alternative routes and almost sharing the load. Although we don't want too many people to go to our room, but you know, but, but our guys <laughs> uh, are going to, but yeah, yeah. yeah, but our, you know, it, it does lessen the human impact in a, yeah, yeah. In, in one area um, and enables the, you know, the difficulty in looking after all the recyclables and dealing yeah. with the human rubbish and waste is made much easier in one area. So wherever you go, it's all much cleaner. Our guys go on the um, yeah our route by the Hidden Valley, and what's yeah. amazing is that one of them posted a little um, oh, image saying that they were we go almost counterclockwise yeah to the normal guys, and they came across some people heading to Machu Picchu, but our guys were going the other way because once they hit the, the big trail, the Inca Trail, yeah, right, they have people like almost saying, like, oh, never mind, you turn around, yeah, oh, no. you have to, and they're like, no, 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 <laughs> we're going another way, and they yeah, were like, yeah, yeah. there's another way, you know, and that's great, and our, yeah, yeah. and literally our guys said. You know, after about two days or whatever, was the first time they saw some people. other other yeah, people. Yeah, we're really That's proud cool. of that. <laughs> we're really proud of that because yeah. it does mean that you know where we're going. You know, we are like people are always going to go to these areas. Yeah. That's a given. So there's you've got to look at the best way that you can manage those people in that area whilst looking after the environment. And I think these new routes do do that. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, that's one way. And another thing, another question actually we came up with, you know, which was, well, okay, but how, how can we protect the areas or the more popular routes so we still enjoy them, right? Like, you know, Everest Base Camp or Kilimanjaro, naturally, they're really more popular. Um, you know, we're not talking like, you know, the, the trails on like the M25, but they're, they're certainly, you know, they're not like uh, the queues on Snowden, or, or for example. Um, you know, it's not like that, but, you know, there, there's obviously people on there. So what can we do on those particular trips? Yeah. You know? And I think certainly when it comes to, you know, we, we do try, as an example, we do try and have smaller groups. You know, if you get big, big, huge groups, you know, we, we've definitely had to be a little bit flexible with this because of COVID. But we do like to stagger our trips a little bit as much as we can. That's one thing. Yeah. I think another thing that we've, we've, we've worked on doing um, certainly is the local initiatives that are happening. Yeah. I think... You know, a lot of you have already been on on trips on here. If there's any other trekkers who haven't, in Nepal they got the uh, was it the Carry Me Back campaign? Yeah, we actually, which is is, is really cool. We we posted a picture on Instagram yeah. where we talked about the Carry Me Back campaign, and I believe we actually used Shona's back. Um, just a picture of Shona with a rucksack. Shona um, famous, <laughs> and, and yeah, with one on there, and I believe it's I believe it's her. Um, but um, yeah, it's a great it's a great initiative in the Kumbu basically. Yeah. So all of the single-use plastics and things like that are collected um, and brought to Namshi, where mm. they're packaged very neatly and lightly into these little things that you can clip to your rucksack. Yeah. And they just ask people who are going to Lukla, you know, to just yeah. attach a few to your back. When you get to Lukla, you can take them off and leave them, and it just helps get all that rubbish down from the high Kumbu to Lukla, yeah. where it can be taken out the mountains and dealt with. Um, and, yeah, I think it's I think it's fascinating. First time I, I saw it... The other day, I've seen some pictures from it. Yeah, yeah it was it's, great. it's fascinating. I remember the first time I saw it and I was walking up and I just see these people, those like little, these silver pouches attached. And I was like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? So I stopped one. I was like, what's, what's yeah. all this? And they were like, oh, yeah, it's just rubbish. I was like, oh, OK. And then when I got to Namshi, there's this big area where you can do it. Yeah, so, yeah they've changed it now because they, they've clearly had a bit more support. And um, I think they've got actually the branded covers to it now to yeah. promote it. So they're really like, yeah, if you're trekking in the Kumbu region recently or, or in the future, You'll see that they've got the um, uh, this signs kind of more. It, it's 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 blown up a little bit, you know, compared yeah. to what it used to be, because it was quite a new thing. Now that you know, it's great that everyone's getting involved now, and I think that'll make a heck of a difference. Yeah, you know, because naturally, where's where 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 people go or people live, there's going to be waste, there's going to be rubbish. Um, you know, as as like we talked about earlier, we, you, there's only so much you can do, and sometimes it comes down to education. You know, like I've been to some places, you know, and and sometimes uh struggling to remember an exact example but i remember that you know i went to this one village and they had a campaign going on oh, what was it called was it at the top of um not shangboche what's the one with the the, the airport at the it is Shangboche. and they had this advertising thing going on but then i walked about 100 yards and i saw there was some rubbish there yeah and i thought you know which which was clearly used by the locals and I thought it comes down to the education, like, OK, you're doing all of that to promote it. But I think you've got to educate the locals and get them on board yeah. with, OK, what, what more can we do instead of dumping it there? Yeah. And use that and basically get that into a different well, place, which is, you know, which is important as well. Yeah. Well, you know, because, you know, particularly with places like Namshi, it's yeah. a big, big, big village. You know, people mm. live there, you know, all year round and certainly through the seasons. So there's a lot that goes up there that needs to come down. You yeah. look at all the bottles of water, the cans of Coke, the Pringle tubs. It is like a modern little village. Um, 
and yeah, it is a big, big job to keep it clean. One thing I will say though is that in yeah. my experience, I think that you know you hear those stories about you know Everest, and you expect to go up yeah. there and see old fridge freezers and stuff left there. It's not like that at all. It's a bit stiffer, isn't like it? yeah, wherever you go, where there are humans, unfortunately, you're going to see evidence of humans. Yeah. You're going to see a Snickers wrapper. I've just never ever gone anywhere and not seen just something yeah. to tell me that someone else has been there. Um, but by no means is it a rubbish tip. By no means are you tripping over balls and things like that on the way there. So I yeah. think I think the work that they've done has has really worked. One thing, and so difference. yeah, yeah, go for it. Aside from the water and all yeah. the filters and things like that, you're a trekker. Yeah. What else is on your mind? What else are you thinking about? If you're environmentally conscious, you're going on a trip. What do you think? Yeah, about? I suppose the big one is is around the equipment, right? Yeah. Is around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's as if we got a list, Dave. Um, you know, but <laughs> no, no, no. I remember that one. I did. Um, <laughs> no disposable equipment don't don't one. give away <laughs> hey transparency is everything listen, listen we don't want to give people the impression that these are in any way planned right <laughs> they're used to the off the cuff i know I suppose, I suppose they are i suppose um but yeah definitely when it comes to uh, equipment you know we're, i'm i mean i've done this myself i've definitely you know had boots and then i thought you know and then they're not exactly fully fully worn and then i'll buy another pair of boots and i'll buy another pair of boots you know i i over the years I've, I've kind of been like that i kind of my mind's changed definitely in the last couple of years and i think it has been a definite trend in people trying to either repair what they've got or try and be a little bit more frugal with it you know um in terms of okay can i repair this equipment and then reuse it rather than buying more yeah you know because that in, it, in its in, in way i mean rab for instance they're, they're big on this aren't they yeah you i know, mean even the packaging there and the way they do things yeah. you know they they package their stuff so it uses minimal package yeah um and all of their like when we were talking to um sorry i just got distracted by sean ratcliffe he's in namshi at the minute having an is awesome he? time sean how's it nice going mate? One, sean buddy Send where is it pictures. is the hotel he's he is in everest hotel in namshi ah awesome. nice enjoy post a picture in the comments of the views be great awesome. to see how you're doing have some momos um <laughs> yeah but um yeah uh hugh james was talking to us about you know the microplastics yeah. um that are found um and i always assumed like what is microplastics little bits of plastic no no it, yeah. it is literally like little microfibers that come off the clothes and things like that um so all of their clothes and things are designed with keeping that to a minimum one thing i actually found is really interesting as well i bought i bought some boxer shorts from step one recently yeah um, and they come in little compostable packets. Okay. So you open them up and you can compost the packets and stuff like that. That's really good. So lots of brands, you know, if you are environmentally conscious and we encourage you to, to do so, yeah. um, do do things like that. Patagonia, very big on their environmentalism. Um, Columbia, I think, are another big brand. Rab are another big brand. So pretty yeah, much, yeah. you know, yeah. it's relatively so, yeah. easy now to buy, to buy a kit that's going to keep, you know, mm. the planet happy as well as you. Um, yeah, it's certainly something that, you know, if it, and again, we're never going to be perfect here, but if we can work towards it, you know, these small things will make a big difference. Um, what was it someone said to me before that uh, small hinges open big doors? And it's very true. Um, you know, we, we do all these, we have these small things, but they can make a big difference, especially when added together. And I think, um, you know, certainly um, it's going to be definitely an impact if, you know, because you think the amount of people now we send out to Nepal, for instance, if we're having like five, 600 people a season. Yeah. You know, if we can, if, you know, and again, we don't want to say you have to do this. It's just great. And we encourage it because 
you know, you, you go into these places and we want to have the, you know, minimize the impact. So then, you know, maybe your kids will go there in the future. Yeah. Um, maybe you'll bring your kids there in the future. Um, you know, maybe your friends who see you and get inspired and think, oh, I'd like to do that as well. And then they go there like two or three years down the line and it's still maybe close to what you had. Yeah. And I think they can see it how you saw it and they can enjoy it. And I think, yeah, I think it's our responsibility really to to kind of because we're we're going to these places and we're in in these amazing, beautiful places. Let's do something about it. Yeah. You know, I think I think, you know, it definitely gave us an opportunity today to, to talk about it again, um, you know, after Earth Day. You know, we were thinking, OK, because there's loads of days, isn't it? I think it's Pancake Day and then it's Valentine's Day, and you know, which okay, better nor a card. Um, there's always these days, but there's certain ones that kind of stand out. Mm, pancake Day thought, is a good one. Pancake Day is a good one. Yeah. Val yeah. Do you enjoy Valentine's Day as well? Uh, or does Kim? Uh, genuinely, I don't really know when it is. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll set a reminder next. Yeah. Time. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I have to with Jen. I have to remind myself. Um, but yeah, when it comes to um, these kind of days this was a biggie for us and we were like right let's do something then um certainly leah is a good point what about your carbon footprint well leah is actually our next point actually um interesting because yeah the, all the other things are great and you know the when we're going to uh, you know these long uh, long haul destinations they are carbon intensive yeah and you know we were looking at some stats uh, i think shona mentions uh, hugh james who was on our podcast and i know he's got the podcast with um, Killian Jordan, uh, obviously, uh, you know, very famous in 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 our circles, um, and yeah, basically talking about uh, the data uh, in terms of okay, it, we're just talking about being carbon intensive, but what actually are, is the impact of say aviation? And it was quite interesting actually yeah. that um, the carbon emissions in the world, uh, I believe it was like less than what was it less than three percent of the carbon emissions that actually are emitted are actually from aviation industry and. You know, is three percent? We still make a difference here, but then when they look closely at that three percent, they broke it down into, okay, long haul and short haul. What's the difference? And actually, eighty percent of that three percent, if you yeah. like, um, you know, was actually down to short haul flights because there were more of them. You know, and for instance, when they're measuring it, they, you know, and, and we still, you know, I'm not saying long haul is good here. I'm just saying that sometimes, you know, we have to put it into context in terms of what it is and. Uh, the actual benefits of going long haul means that you're spending longer on a trip. For instance, if you go to Everest Base Camp yep. and you're on there for, say, three weeks, that's three weeks where you're not flying. But if you're going back and forth, say, Europe, uh, you know, two, three, four times, you know, then that is is worse than a long haul flight. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they calculated the actual emissions that were, that were actually yeah, so, produced. So it's quite interesting, though, just looking well, at that. So you know? Adventure travelers going yeah. on one big trip a year. Yeah do less harm to the environment than if you take two holidays a year to Spain or yeah, three holidays a year. It? So it is very interesting. And obviously yeah. one one thing that, you know, we we're in we're in the travel business. Mm. So excluding travel is not an option really. So yeah. our so what we need to do is find the yeah. best way to look after the planet whilst, you know, doing what we do, which is yeah. adventure travel. One of the things we do as well, and actually we've got them coming up on a podcast about relatively soon. Because it's it is, yeah, 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 because have, we yeah. are aware of the contradiction, you know, that we want to yeah. look after the environment, but yet we encourage travel. So there is an inherent contradiction. But by hooking up with people, Mossy Earth, we're going to get those guys on a podcast about yeah. planting new trees and also, you know, encouraging yeah. like rewilding projects. But that's the one thing that's important when people say about planting trees. Well, it has to be new trees. Because yeah. I've read about a few things that what they do is 
the UK government announced this, right? Yeah, yeah. They were going to plant something, some insane number of trees um, by the year 2030 or something, which yeah. it, it's like it's it, it's like a million trees a month or something. Right. But actually, in order to meet that quota, what they realized is, well, well actually, I'll just get some trees from Scandinavia. Right. But that doesn't increase the number of trees. Mm. That just moves them from Scandinavia to the UK. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, so and, world. yeah, yeah, yeah but it's yeah, but it's so yeah. like the, a lot of the time people don't see this as like a global issue. Yeah. And one of the things they do as well is they bring up they bring things like diseases that kill the native trees. So yeah, it's not an ideal scenario. So hooking up with people like Mossy Earth that are actually passionate, knowledgeable about the science of these things. Yeah. Um, and we do as much offsetting with those guys as we can. Yeah, and we're, and we're increasing it as well, you know, because, um, and again, we've got to catch up with them and we're going to record that interview, um, put it on our podcast. Um, uh, I think his name's David, actually. He, he's, um, I think he's the uh, MD of Mossy Earth. And yeah, it's, it's, he's, you know, clearly they do a lot of different projects and, you know, we've been supporting them for a couple of years now, but, you know, they're supporting them, they're supporting them. They, you obviously want to scale that up and make an impact, you know, and if we can, you know, it's got to be obviously balanced because, you know, I, I suppose, you know, to be honest with you, obviously we are a business, not a charity. We want to find that balance between, okay, uh, when a customer books, you know, we plant say X amount of trees, how far can we go with that before it, it obviously it costs us crazy amount of money and we're more or less charity, Yeah. you know? So we want to find that balance, but we, you know, again, just to, you know, you guys have joined us every week, you know, you've probably known us for a while now, you know, we, we always like, I always think it's nice to make commitments to people who, um, who you're regularly with, and your audience and, and we're big on that you know if we're making commitments to each other and the commitment from us is a big one when it comes to the environment that we will be expanding that those rewilding projects from mossy earth so i'm really excited for that yeah I'm really excited yeah and that and that's really important because mm-hmm. um i just saw someone's comment there that there's no point planting another fir tree in a forest it's about biodiversity mm-hmm. and creating more of that rewilding so taking areas that are not currently yeah um you know and yeah. they don't have a, a a wide biodiversity in them at least i don't sure that makes sense but you know what i'm getting at like you know so well, it, it yeah, encourages yeah. like bees and pollinators and things like that um you know and it, it really does help like you know make the earth healthier which is what these guys do which is great one of the things i just saw um shona mentioned as well is mm. <laughs> you know going on these treks okay it does involve some travel but lots of holidays involve travel yeah. there's no way we can avoid causing a carbon footprint, you know, in the modern age yeah. for most people anyway. Um, but actually walking for 11 days. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good way. It's yeah. very, very, very small carbon footprint. Yeah, yeah. Where, for instance, you know, if you go to, say, Disneyland, and there's mm. a lot of driving involved and a lot of stuff not, you know, I love Disneyland, it's great. But, you know, it's a more, you know, just as an example, it's more carbon intensive than perhaps trekking in the Himalaya would be. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I had to, I had to um, look at some of the comments. Andrew Scott, no, save water, drink beer love it yeah i'm with you there andrew i am with you all the way but no it's um it's certainly i'm you know talking all about this is great like it's it's sparking different things um you know there's one thing here and you know because there's a few comments on other things that we can do and the one thing i'm conscious of especially when it comes to to things like planting trees and rewilding you know and and, you know we're not experts in that um this is why we support you know businesses and and, um, social enterprises like mossy earth um, you know, there's obviously a lot of um, other companies like Ecology is another one uh, or Ecology. I think they're called. I don't know how it's pronounced, but they are the experts. And they're, you know, they're, 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 their specialism is how to manage those environments, whether that's planting a tree. Because like um, I think Andy mentioned, but not Jones, you know, there's no point planting a tree there in a forest if it needs the biodiversity. 
so they actually do that like if, if they're okay right do we integrate new species into, into this environment to to improve it rather than planting trees you know it's not just about planting trees yeah for planting trees sake um it's actually how do we look at it at a holistic point of view take it all in and think okay how do we manage this environment to get the best out of it um instead of thinking just plant the tree yeah so yeah but i i, I that's why we get these specialists in you know obviously us specialists in trekking high altitude trekking that's what we're good at we're, we're trying to educate ourselves with all this stuff because you know we're well, yeah and we're trying yeah. to you know none of us have got degrees or things like this we've got interests in it and we want to educate ourselves but it's good then to, to reach out to these experts and say okay well tell us how much how, how we can help the environment more in this area yeah 100 you know I mean? everything i learn i'm parroting from you know yeah what other people have told me you know um <clears throat> but it is fascinating and i, I do think I'm just looking at some of the comments here. I just saw a Lord of the Rings. I knew you one. see that even without glasses. I'm, oh yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah. So I've seen that. I can see L O T R has got its own sort of shape. Those collection of letters, and I recognise. Yeah, I've seen those Conqueror challenges. They look pretty. The, they medal, look the medals really, look awesome. They do look amazing. Yeah, the medals are really yeah. great. Um, and Conqueror challenges, they they you know they 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 come big during during lockdown, obviously, during the pandemic because of um, you know the all the virtual challenges that they're able to do, and they're a brilliant company. And one of the things they are good at is that they they've also jumped on the um you know the bandwagon with regards to, to sustainability um you know plastic reduction you know carbon offsetting and things so yeah no honestly that any company is involved in that where yeah you know we're advocates for um because you know especially with them because they get they're getting people out they're getting people to enjoy it like sometimes you know what it's like if if, if you go for a hike on you know we're talking about a 10 mile if we go on brecon it's, it's one that we kind of go on it's, it's not an advertised route we just made it up probably about several years ago but you know what if someone said have a challenge just to make it a bit more interesting there was a virtual challenge mm. and actually it was like you were trekking to mount doom on that 10 mile it makes it more interesting doesn't it yeah it makes it more engaged and i really like brands i did like feel like challenges. that i felt like frodo in mordor <laughs> when i was on tootcar recently um you know Brilliant. when I, I i felt like you go dave I can't carry the rucksack, but I can carry you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, Ramona's saying she wants to draw on our whiteboard. Uh, I'm sorry, but you think you can do better than that? <laughs> Dave, I, I'm really pleased. You know, Dave clearly is, is the best drawer out of all of us. And uh, his leaf, certain, I reckon that needs to be, that's pretty much like a Banksy. I think I won't be able to rub it off now. No. I think you can get, I think that's going to be Banksy level. Yeah. Of, of yeah. Sales. I mean, if anyone thinks they can do better, they're more than welcome to come and try. <laughs> You know, um, come to the Evertrek uh, HQ, mate. We'll uh, love to see you guys. Well, I, am. I think, I think we've, we've been sensible for quite a while now. Should we answer some of these questions? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Before we do, I, I just want to get this out there because we're talking about coming local, coming here. Um, uh, we've only got about, I think it's until it's bank holiday Monday. So next next Tuesday, let me just check the dates. Up until the end of April, we're, we've got our, um, it's our early bit pricing with our training weekends. I know a lot of people already booked in already. We've got a really, really good group. Um, you know, there's still spaces left on that. And it's still um, 295 £295 for that weekend up until the end of the month. So if anyone does want to jump on that, um, you know, do get yourself in before the end of the month. We are um, having to a little price increase um, after that. Um, yeah, Lauren, who's on the comments today, she's, um, if you can post the link to the training weekend, that would be awesome. But yeah, yeah. questions, Dave, questions. Awesome. So the first question we've got is from Andrew Corran. I know that name. Andrew, how are you doing? Do you know why I know uh, that? Island Peak. Yep. Summit. Um, so basically, <laughs> he's arrived back, his head's still in the Himalayas. It never really <laughs> leaves you, to be honest with you. Um, but do you think, realistically, you'll be offering trips to the summit of Everest within the next five years, his ultimate dream? 
Oh yes. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's we will. We wanted to do it by now. Yeah. It's but, a. It's a. Yeah. It is a guarantee that at some point we will be offering Everest as as a yeah. as a trip. Um, we want to do it properly, and we don't want to do it flippantly. You know, we want to make sure that everything's in place, mm. and that we have an operation that will stand out as one of the best at, at base camp. Mm. Um, next five years, don't know. I'd like to think so. No, there's um, there's certain plans behind the scenes that we we kind of, you know, we're not advertising uh, Everest summits now because it is a completely different industry. You know, I know it seems very close because we're we're doing other things in the area. But yeah, the Everest summits is a bit of a beast in its own right. I mean, a lot of our guides have actually guided and climbed and summited Everest. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if if any of you have been Bibek's on there, no? It's on an uh, expedition currently. Bibek, yeah, you've got Nima, you've got you've got some, I think uh, Nawang, who guided um some of our Ever Trekkers at Mera Peak. I know he's summited Everest twice. You know, there's there's a there's a lot of experience there. And you know, we we certainly want to want to get into that uh, industry. But it is a, a bit of a, a different ball game, really, to, to track in. So yeah, we we're 100 looking to do it, and you know, um, we certainly don't want to do it cheap in terms of basic, because we want to make sure that it's you know, like anything, it's managed danger. Mm. Um, and when you climb an Everest, you know, obviously that the danger is more, uh, is a higher chance of danger. But we want to make it as managed as possible. So you know, we want to you know include like one to one ratios with guides. You know, we want to make sure that it's as good as we can be. Um, you know, we we like anyone you know we follow uh, companies like um yeah elite expert you know with nims Who are they? <laughs> dave doesn't know them. um no, no, no we've been I, following no, them for years, they, they, they're actually run by a pretty good tracker he's, he's um, all right isn't he yeah, he's not bad I, I, actually I've heard he's got some experience yeah no i've heard he's um yeah he's got some experience in the mountains as well so yeah he's um yeah very very serious guy i think you know yeah no but he's great yeah, but yeah, obviously when you get you've got companies like elite expert you've yeah, got yeah. companies that have been there a while Him-X. like him x yeah that have sort Karen of madison yeah that have, um i always forget his name the madison mountaineering no no Kenton the, cool no the the austrian guy uh Furt and back Furt and back, Furt and back you know, expeditions yeah, um, yeah, yeah you know those guys really do set a high standard yeah but one thing you've got to look at is are they the cheapest no are they the most expensive yes yeah uh their base camps are something to behold yeah, well, look at NIMS. I mean, geez, and, obviously a lot more, uh, you know, expensive. But then you've got to look at the difference <clears throat> between. So if you look at the cheaper expeditions yeah. and you look at the more expensive expeditions, I will guarantee you there is a marked difference in the amount of people that come down off the mountain and the amount of ones that sadly get left on the mountain. Yeah. Um, so exactly. that's what it that's what it comes down to. And all in, you know, is that is the, is the more money you pay, the better you look after, the healthier yeah. you are, the more success you have. And success on Everest doesn't just mean getting up and down. It means going back home. What does that Vista say? Yeah, getting to the summit is optional. optional. Getting down is mandatory. Love it. Exactly. So, you know, when it comes to safety, that you know, we want to, you know, like we do on on our trekking and you know, and, and some of our climbing expeditions, you know, on the trekking peaks, we want to make sure that safety is the most important thing. Yeah. Um. You know, above anything else. So yeah, definitely there will be. Sorry, I'm just. Please ignore. Oh my God. Uh, just looking block all payments to a certain company called Evertrack. Fine, Mona. Um, but no, I know you want to go on some trips, mate. Uh, look forward to, to having you on one of our trips. Um, but no, it's a great question. Great question. And uh, you know, we could we could talk about that uh, for all day. We're, honestly, we we are big. We're mountain geeks when it comes to following these expeditions. Like we've been yeah. following Nims for a long time, even before. Well, very early on, he started his 14 peaks thing. We, you know, we, um, we've been following that for for some time. Yeah. And it's nice to see. We him. knew him first. 
I don't want to say that now. He's a well, Anuj and a couple of the guys over there have met him. Yeah, they, they've they've met and chat to him about certain business stuff. But yeah, he's uh, he seems like a top bloke anyway. Um, but you know, actually, you know, could be a pair of ours in the while. So who knows? Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll have to uh, have a chat with him. Uh, but no, good question, good question. And yeah, Andrew, Andy, definitely may hit us up. Drop us a message if you're really seriously thinking about it, because I know it's on my it's on my agenda too. Um, I'll be climbing it, climbing it over the next few years. Um, yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. Shona, um, I'm guessing glacier shrinkage affects water supplies on the locals too, in places like Gorak. Gorak Chef. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Mm. To the point where Gorak Chef is one of the only places that um, we still need to use bottled water um, because the water source there is not freely available or clean and safe. The water that kind of does there has been melted in this one little sort of like pond area. You can't get it's it from the, best, the glacier. One time I best. saw a horse rolling in it. Um, you know, filtered water that's been rolled in by a horse is still rolled horse water. It, yeah. And I mean, you, yeah. you don't want rolled horse water. Even you can if test it out filtered. with the NASA filters. Yeah, that is true. I mean, but I've seen, you mean, oh, that video you made of drinking that water, it was horrendous. But yeah, no, it, it is. It is, and that's a direct <laughs> result of climate change. Um, yeah. And yeah, and there are some places that, yeah, it is more noticeable than others Gorek yeah. Chef and that area is definitely one of them yeah and you know it, it does make a, a, a further downstream is probably the biggest thing isn't it because so many people rely on the Himalayas um you know in terms of the the water that comes off the glaciers there because they're some of the biggest glaciers in the world you know you go you go down to India for example that like all that water goes south doesn't it um you know you talk about Bangladesh Bhutan you know you've got all these uh countries on you know around Nepal that, that really do um you know need the, the they need the water um <laughs> jesus so i'm just i'm just reading some of the comments oh god i drink horse water all the time what don't what doesn't kill you makes you stronger that's emily i know yeah she she's like that who also wants to climb everest by the way she does yeah yeah she's <laughs> um yeah very you know she's she's mad brilliant ever climbers i like that yeah I karen like Bardet. she met nims did she? Yeah. Bardet, really? I believe she did. She did. They had a picture of them at um, Everest View. I think she's, yeah, she certainly, um, she certainly likes him. That's, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go and, you know, we won't bother at all. <laughs> brilliant. No, yeah. I would have done it as well. <laughs> no, brilliant. I, I, no, no she's a video. Really? No, Karen Bardet didn't meet him. Oh, no. She's going to tell you off in a minute. I know. I <laughs> I'm deliberately trying to like, provoke a reaction out of her. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, but yeah, um, and guys, any any questions? Do drop them in. I know we're we're talking about the environment today, and you know, um, if we can save the planet one track at a time, that's what we're going to do. But any questions at all about equipment, um, you know, anything about Mainville Bhutan's playing bingo? Yeah. Um, if you anything at all, do do sort of post them in the comments because we want to make sure we get those trekking questions answered. Yeah. Um, I mean. Yeah, who was it? I, I, John was asking around favorite trekking peaks. Favorite trekking peaks. Yeah, I don't, a bit of a random one. Yeah. What in in, in Himalaya or just what, favorite or trekking just peaks, in yeah. general? Penavan. In I, I reckon if we go <laughs> if we're looking at our trips, which ones? Which one? Which um, one would you do next, for instance? Probably something like I mean, there are givens aren't there? Like yeah. Island Peak, Mera Peak, and stuff like that that are very, yeah. very popular. To be honest, Aconcagua. Really? I want to go to South America. Um, I want to do something big after my recent turnaround. Um, so yeah, I want to get myself into like Smash a it. good physical condition, and Aconcagua would probably be probably be my goal. 
also you know highest mate outside the himalaya it's got a nice ring to it yeah yeah i do like that it is now aconcagua is a huge one isn't it lobusheisto was going to climb that with Venouge. yeah you know, lobusheist is an option we're talking about a lot of the summit um you know the summits of everest uh people who are on the you know at everest base camp now waiting to summit they do a lot of their climatization on Lobuche. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, um, Bibak who's out there now, um, yeah. did it on Lobuche. It's because it's it's less congested than Island Peak. Yeah, um, but it's not far from Lobuche Village, so you know you can walk there and get to Gorek Chef in a day. Yeah, um, so it's not that bad. But yeah, there's something like that. But I think probably if I was going to sign up, put my money down today, yeah, I'd probably go to Aconcagua, South America. Even Simon Harwood, sign me up for the summit. We'll have included the ten pound deposit promos. Yeah. You never know, Simon. You never know, mate, when they come along. Uh, but when they do come along, mate, most of them. <laughs> uh, was it Joel who said, Dave, I need to snowboard down uh, Val Blanche at Sham? Um, I'll be honest, yeah, but I can't really snowboard down anything right now. Do it. I mean, I got a little bit. There were some pictures, weren't there? You know, where some I did good it. Pictures, good that pictures. Vid that video, well, that video where I stood and, and then I fell. I, I saw that video. But yeah. I, I, by the end of it, though, you, you, you were smashed it yeah i mean what i don't like about snowboarding is that at any moment when you're learning you'll catch that front edge and you'll be airborne yeah that's fine it's snow it's soft it's not soft <laughs> i thought it was soft like my mind you know when you see whenever someone posts a video about time yeah. in the snow it's always fresh powder it's soft it's not what it's like if you ever want to go skiing by the way it's white concrete <laughs> like white if you concrete. land on a piece you're gonna my tailbone yeah is still sore <laughs> That's yeah, what it is like. But my you know, feet are still sore after Tupacal. Like, ah, we don't talk about Tupacal. You sure? Yeah, we don't. Talk. You want to talk about Tupacal? No. <laughs> that was a week before last, right? That was really uh, brilliant. Um, yeah, just going through some of the comments as well. I'm still. Uh, Joel's still crashing after 15 years. See, everyone does it. Yeah, I crash. I should have took up skiing. It's cooler. You should try skiing. I think you do. You, yeah. you, you quite like. Skiing. I think it's actually cooler than snowboarding. I think that when Ooh. snowboarders see skiers, they're quite jealous of how cool they are. In that right, Joel. <laughs> I'm just winding Joel up now. <laughs> well, is is Joel? Uh, Joel's a border, right? Yeah, he's a border. Yeah, he sent me an email with some uh, with some top tips. Mm, interesting. Um, interesting. Yeah, neither of them stopped me from hurting my ass. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that your nice ass? Uh, we can beat that out on the podcast. Yeah, fine. yeah. You can see it just my beep. Um, Emily, I'm still humming and oaring. Island Peak or Mera, November 2023. Uh, my saying is uh, Amadeblam Blam uses Island. Arunsa uses Mera. Yeah, it's uh, Emily. I mean, both are, are really cool. I mean, we've had summits on both in the last month. Um, you know, it just depends. I think, you know, out of those two, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could do both, just throwing it out there. You know, um, I don't think they're like massively, massively busy. So I don't think that, um, you know, just because they are, you know, you they are used as climatization from, from like, like Amada Blam or Burunsi, um, don't think they're going to be that busy. But, you know, it depends on the time of year as well. I mean, yeah, what are you looking at? November. I'd say Mera is quieter in November. It's cold. It's yeah. very cold in November. So do take that into account. And obviously, uh, Mera being, you know, just over 6,400 metres, it's going to be, you know, a little bit more colder. Whereas, um, you know, Island Peak in November, I'd say majority of the expeditions in Island Peak will be in the October, in the autumn. Just take that in mind. So it will be quieter in the November. So, yeah, do do sort of weigh up those before you go on there whatever you do though you're gonna have an awesome time yeah um you know and yeah Baruncy, that's quite cool isn't yeah, it i know we, awesome. um, we're, we're kind of looking at that aren't we because it's, it's obviously quite high but we're again we're always looking at these new peaks we go back to what we talked about remote places 
that's quite a remote place on near Burundi. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I just seen an interesting comment. Um, uh, Lee Davy, uh, welcome. He's from Pangbot. Lee, thanks, Lee. Awesome. I messaged you. Well done, mate. He was on our training weekend. Uh, God, God, feels like an eternity ago now, Lee. Yeah. But mate, fantastic! You made um, Everest Base Camp. Congratulations. Joshua O'Donnell says these two are Hell's Angels prospects. <laughs> Who said that? Uh, Joshua O'Donnell. Oh, that's a Hell's Angels prospects. Yeah, we we can we can do that. I think. We've got to work on the beards first, uh, Joshua. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I have a license. I can ride a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, I don't. You have to teach me, Dave. Yeah, I can teach you how to ride a motorcycle. I Why have not? ridden one um, abroad. Emily uh, has 19 horses. 19. Why stop at 19? Yeah. So close to a nice round number. <laughs> but um, yeah, 19 horses. I don't know. Where would you keep 19 horses? In a field, I guess. In stables, though. Yeah. Matt, like, yeah. <laughs> I like horses, but I, ne I never want to ride one ever again. Why? They're bigger than they look, man. You see them in the field. How all... many hands are they? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, nothing will beat the size of a camel. Yeah, they <laughs> are. Rock, a that hands. camel is huge. 19 horses. Oh, Emily, definitely sell a few. Go and do some trips. You'll have an that awesome time. feels sad, though. Or selling them. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially they... if you're attached. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, I don't know. Are, are horses pets like you would, like a dog? Or are they more yeah. like, like, an, oh, like, a, like an object you own, like a car? I don't know. I've never owned a horse. Uh, Emily. How do you feel about that? How do you feel if you had to sell some of your horses? Sorry, we've digressed. To do it. I know we are going off off piece. Yeah. So we did that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, you know, but it's all good. I'm just just reading through some of the comments as well. Um, who was it now? There was a guy. How many flights? Uh, yeah, serious question. South America. Uh, yeah. Um, Ramona, when, when it comes to uh, sorry, was that Ramona? Yeah, it was. Yeah, with flights, I definitely with with going to South America, there are always you, there's always at least one um, change. So, yeah, I think um, Andy might have actually put one in there already. Yeah, here we go. So he's gone. So he's gone UK to Schiphol, to so Amsterdam, and then he's gone Buenos Aires, and then Mendoza. Yeah, this, when you go into, well, that's really vibrating. What is that going I, I don't mad. know. It's a bit mad. Literally, I saw us literally. <laughs> it's I don't really know why. Weird. <laughs> I don't know why. Unless this was actually going for it. Um, but yeah, sorry. Where was I? Yeah. So when you when you go into South America, and especially not the capitals you go into you know you're, you know another city uh yeah there are some changes especially when you go into Aconcagua because like I said you've got to get down to Mendoza yeah um as Andy has put there so anywhere like like same with going to Peru uh, if you go to Cusco you've got to go via Lima and to get to Lima you've probably got to go via another um you know some people go via Spain or the States um I think you can get flights via Miami fancy a night in Miami um, yeah, then you can go to to Peru. We've had yep. some customers do that, and I think some of our Yetis who are going later this year, uh, they're going to uh, Machu Picchu, and they're going via Miami to uh, Lima, then to Cusco. So yeah, there's a few there, um, not quite as easy to get to in terms of um, you know compared to like Nepal or Tanzania. Yeah, um, but yeah, good. Um, I've traded for expensive, more more expensive ones. Emily, hundred percent, but life's short, mate. Do it. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, apparently, she breeds to sell. Oh, okay. oh that's, fair pets. that's fair enough. That's quite a cool, um, quite a cool little hobby you got going there, mate. That sounds awesome. Wow. That might be a full-time job, to be fair. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like. It. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just talking about evacuations, things like that. Actually, a question that came up. Um, with what was it? It was around. Just talking about evacuations because yeah. I feel like it's important to talk with about one year as well. Is obviously when it comes to certain um uh, evacuations in Nepal and you know there's been a fair few there's, there's a lot of um 
not like not not dozens on the Evertrek trips, but there's been some that we've had to get people out there. And it's it's obviously a lot easier to do mm. in Nepal because of the setup. But someone was asking before around like Kilimanjaro, Peru, what's the evacuation procedures on there? And it, and it's it's very similar in terms of those countries, but it's very different to Nepal, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so you... Nepal yeah. is is so well established mm. and there's entire industries that have set up and they've gone through their you know their peaks and troughs, good yeah. and bad. But we've got it to a point now where you know we've got such good relationships with the with the helicopter companies and there's so many of them going yeah. to that region um for all sorts of different reasons that it's very easy for us to arrange one with the other more remote ones certainly it is does you know present more yeah. of a challenge certainly there's, there's more overland evacuations and there are yeah. helicopters it all depends like if it's critical yeah, yeah. a helicopter is going to be going to be gotten but it's a lot more expensive so there's certainly a lot more overland evacuations and things like that um but yeah it's all essentially comes down as well to the guide the guide is the first person you want to speak to he's yeah. the person who's most trained on the scene to look after you um and treating altitude sickness is normally very simple you need to reduce your altitude by about a thousand meters yeah as much as so, you can anyway, so yeah. that's probably our first thing that we're going to do outside of the you know in these other regions that are perhaps more remote um one question we did get as well is um I think it came in twice recently. Okay. Was if you're in Nepal and you need a helicopter, yeah, but you've got no phone signal, you can't get hold of your insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens? Okay. Do you waste valuable time? And the answer to that is no. So we always put, you know, health and safety, life and limb above mm. anything else. Um, so we always it's a balancing act. You do need to yeah. call your insurance company and make the claim and get that done as soon as you can. But that won't delay us calling you the helicopter and at least getting yeah. you down to Lukla so you can see a doctor, <clears throat> so you can reduce your altitude, and so you can get the attention you need. If that means flying you to Kathmandu, then we'll fly you to Kathmandu. Yeah, safety's first. Yeah. Isn't it? We've, we've had that before. I know, that, I think Leah mentioned earlier on, actually, around world nomads, that they've put a bit of a caveat in their, in their insurance around that you must speak to them first before getting the helicopter. Um, you know, And there are some travel companies, um, sorry, that, some insurance companies, that do have that but basically when the situation has arrived we've just got people down you know um it's if if you need to get down you need to get down you know there's, there's no point waiting um just because of a process we obviously got to balance it out between the legality of it yeah. and costs but certainly um you know if you can speak to them great and it's easier and it's done most of the time it won't get to that point that is critical yeah because they'll you you'll be the guide will be noticing these things over a couple of days so it was, it's not like it's going to be out of the blue, you know, unless, you know, and, and, and this is why we always say, be honest, be open with, yeah. with your, with your, your guides. Um, you know, don't, don't kind of hide things from them. Yeah. I know you want to get to Everest Base Camp, but you've got to remember it's safety first. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you want to get some Achilles, but safety first guys. Um, so do be open and honest with them about how you're feeling. Um, you know, you're going to be fine. It's not like they're going to say, oh my God, you got to be like, you've got to get out now. You know, you, this is over a couple of days. It doesn't just happen like a switch yeah um you know but if it in terms of the critical stuff but before then there's usually an opportunity to speak to your, your insurance company yeah. so yeah just just take that in mind um just sort of yeah have that in your mind if, if anything happens although you can put it to the side don't even have to think about it because you're going to get a base camp anyway yeah exactly like mark, like mark <laughs> hey hi mark uh basically yesterday is. i believe yeah we, um, i think it was with lee i think um I think they might be in the same group, but yeah, congratulations, yeah. mate. Awesome, mate. That's been a long time coming. For, um, it's yeah. good to see people like Mark and uh, Lee that have been around us for a little while now and 
you remember the time we um we saw Mark's video footage? Oh yeah, that was in Keswick. A, that was in a pub in Keswick. Yeah, random. What random. was the pub called? Was it called the Wainwright? The Wainwright. Yeah. The Wainwright. Yeah. Yeah. That was random. That was a little bit. Hey, it's Mark there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So looking looking forward to seeing lots of pictures of his back. Um, that's like Mark's signature move. It is, is, isn't it? He's, he's, he's that very yes. It's his signature pose. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I know it's like with signature poses. <laughs> a bit yeah, different than and mine. mine. <laughs> that's not yours. What have I got? Um, I don't think I really have one, do I? That's a good point. Actually, you need to come up with one. Yeah, I'll that's your challenge for I'll next come, week. Yeah, I'll come you up need to bring one. it to the next Tuesday. I might tune in. Doff the cap. Yeah. Is that yours? Is it? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. your signature. Um, but yeah, and, and whilst we're talking about Keswick. Good little segue. Yeah. Keswick. Keswick. We are there in, I think it's like three weeks. Um, If anyone is around, just to sort of push out there that we'll be there. Um, We were uh, exhibiting again. We were there back in September. Um, It was delayed because of COVID last year, but May's kind of the the normal time for them. So, yeah, if any of you guys are around, um, (laughs) sorry, Karen has put something on there and that's that's a blade. Do me a favor and just uh, pull that one out. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's now called the tube call tube cow pose yeah that's the tube yeah but that's see you later lads i'm on my way down <laughs> uh but mark uh great yeah it's been awesome can't thank you guys enough uh they are good guys aren't they they are good guys and gorgeous yeah i'm um, glad you've had a good time enjoy the views uh safe trip back down if you do get to namche well actually it was probably be tomorrow tomorrow enjoy enjoy a beer um it's a nice it's a nice hike up there from Bangmoche. um but yeah going back to uh, what were we talking about before then? I've really lost my thread. Keswick. Keswick. I knew I'd find it. Keswick. Hey. <laughs> Keswick. Um, yeah, really excited to go to Keswick, actually. It's always a good weekend. Yeah. Always, um, you know, we have seen uh, quite a lot of Evertrackers who have, um, you know, gone there and done some of the events. They've got some good events, actually. If you're into trail running, they do heaps of that. But they do um, was it other. Abby? It was. Yeah, Abby there. We, we I think we caught with Stuart. We caught with Alan. Um, yeah, a lot of our Evertrackers. Yeah, I reckon as many. In, didn't they? Yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be good. But I think as many of you should come up if you can, especially if you have a dog. Um, we're going to have dog <laughs> biscuits. We're going to have dog biscuits on the stand. Little bits of water for them, perhaps. Well, we did realise there were a lot of dogs there. It was mainly that, it was yeah. mainly about the dogs for us. I'll be honest. We did talk about some tracking. The one dog who I remember, oh, I'd love it if his owner was watching. His name was Doctor Dynamo. He really? was. I think he was a Newfoundland. I'm going to find something. And he was about going. he was about twenty stone. But they call him Dr. Dynamo because he sniffs out people's illnesses. And do you know what? I was a bad knee, didn't I? Oh, I remember that. And he was sniffing the Is knee. Is that why he got Because it was all inflamed and big and everything. And he was sniffing wow. my knee. He was massive. The biggest dog I've ever seen, Dr. Dynamo. Then there was little Jack Russell called Dave. Yeah. Got a picture of him on the old Instagram. Dave with Dave. Um, yeah. yeah, just to answer... Um... Some question. Dave Keswick Joel, which is the 20th and 21st of May. Um, ah, Mick's off. Mick is off. Enjoy your peak. Enjoy your peak uh, climbing, mate. Um, I believe. Are, are you? Uh, I bet Mick's down in Benavan. I guarantee. He loves it. <laughs> no, he's going to be, yeah, 20, uh, 21st and 22nd, I, I believe. Penny. Leah's going to come over from um, Australia. Actually, I hope, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, 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 here we go. Yeah. 20th to the 22nd of May. So it's that weekend. Um, we're there from Thursday to the Sunday, although we're setting up on Thursday. Friday afternoon, I think it opens, and it's open then all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Yeah, I don't think Penson's going to be there, is she? No, she's not. No, it's it's uh, unfortunately a lot going on with us. She's um, too. She's too. She's too. Um. She's uh, got a bit of energy. Uh, yeah. She'll want to run and chase things down. So yeah, we'll. Uh, and she looks like a bat. And she does look like a bat. Um, yeah, if you see a picture of Penny. Think she of is. Proof that. 
she is a funny little dog. For Halloween, we're going to get bat wings for her. <laughs> Will Penny uh, has a good film of Charlton Aston. Brilliant. Wow, Andrew, that's niche. Um, but no, guys, look, anyway, we, we've, we've covered off a lot today. Yeah. I think going back just a, you know, we've got a couple more minutes. Yeah, well, we've got bat dogs, um, horses. We've talked about horse horses, water. About snowboarding today. Yeah. Um, I think we, we have talked about trekking a little bit today. There was a little bit about um, trekking. There's a little bit of Maynard Bhutan's in there. Some environmentalism. Um, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, on, on a serious note, it's great to talk about, you know, the environment and, and ways that we can we can work to, you know, to make it an impact. Um, certainly uh, whilst we're out on trips, if not while we're living our daily lives, you know, and they're all small choices that we can we can kind of choose to do or choose not to do. Yeah. Um, but on our trips, you know, we want to at least try and insp you know, inspire you guys to, to actually, um, OK, if there's a few things I can do whilst I'm on the trek, I can help the area, then that's, you know, I think we can uh, I think we can all agree that would be great for the environment. That'd be yeah. great for us as well. Um, yeah, and I think that's about it today. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Any any final comments, Dave, today? No, that's it. That's no. um, you ready to get your pose together for next yeah, week? Yeah, ready. That 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 is their pose, is it? I don't. I don't know if I, I. I don't always wear a hat. I kind of feel like you should be so on. If the I don't, if I don't have a hat, I'll wow. have to mime it. Disney princess. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. You got it's, product on it. It's got yeah. It's going back a bit, isn't it? Mate, strong. You should. Uh, you'd be having a ponytail soon. Nah, those days. Those <laughs> days are behind me. I've already been called a hell's angel. You know, I don't want to be called. <laughs> Uh, uh, some crazy latter-day dandy <laughs> brilliant um, but no thanks guys thanks for joining us we'll be back um next week uh, another tuesday tune in anything you need though guys just drop us a message um do drop us a message info at evertrek.co.uk or use the messenger on <laughs> look at andy that's brilliant because he's worth it you are worth it dave you're very <laughs> yeah. worth it, uh, but now uh, have an awesome week whatever yep. you're up to about the mountains stay safe um don't forget as well keep using the vamoose app um, if you're using the Evertrek app, do get some pictures on there. It'd be great to see them. Um, but other than that, guys, we will see you next week. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Adios. Good off the camera. Really warm. Now you can. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in? But I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> 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 thanks mate thanks now but if, uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye <laughs>